Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Metrics, and Whisperer. Ah, yes, we are back. And how good is it to hear Alex Twal score his first try? You're going to hear that at the start of every episode that we do all season. You are welcome. And welcome back to the Insight NRL show. It's episode three of the preseason. We've already tackled 14 previews. We're back to do another four. On the SC Brain, as always, Matrix and the Whisperer are with me. Boys, uh, Josh, how good is it to hear Alex Twal, first of all? How long have you been in the the studio mixing that one up? That was off-putting, but uh, it's a nice surprise. Yeah, didn't tell any of the boys that I was doing that. But um, yeah, you're going to see it all season. Matty, how you going, mate? Oh, I'm just in my element, really. Just excited to be here. Just um, keen to talk about... Um, we're not talking about the Broncos today. So um, yeah, look, I'm going to get excited about some other guys. <laughs> you might have to. Uh, no Broncos today. We, we'll talk about them hopefully in a few more weeks. Um, so at least we don't have to put up with too much Broncos. Broncos chat, but uh, of course, guys, the show is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, Ryan from Astute Newstead, and Bonus Bank. Remember to like, hit subscribe, and obviously, if you're listening to us on audio, please uh, hit follow and leave us a review if you want, if you like us. If you don't like us, don't leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. Uh, On today's show, guys, it's time to preview the next four teams on the schedule. We've got the Raiders, the Titans, the Storm, and the Sharks. So there there are some pretty uh, important players, or, or very popular players, I should say. 
that are coming up in this one, Josh. Uh, quick little summary. Uh, let's maybe off cuff. Your favourite player is being talked about today. Yeah, I was going to say there's a couple of cult heroes, one from my end and obviously one from from your boy's end. So although there's no teams that we support or teams that we really care about, uh, there are definitely some players that we're going to get in and around. Uh, and there mm-hmm. may be uh, a bit of man love happening from all three of us regarding a couple of plays in this episode. Yeah, speaking of man love, for anybody who followed us last year would have remembered very famously when uh, Matrix, for probably the only time I think it was last season, uh, belted out a court or two from memory. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I've been um, called, you know, I've got the voice of this generation, um, I've heard. Um, but yeah, no, belted, belted out some forever young. Love it. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about him again today. Who knows? Um, and there'll be a few followers that are also scarred by that because they followed us on that journey and it was not a fun one. Let's talk about the Raiders, the Milk. Uh, shout out to Brent, big uh, Milk follower. And uh, guys, we'll, we'll guess we'll jump straight into the buys and then we'll talk about the ins and outs, hey? Uh, buys round 10, 14, and 19. So they've got one major buy there, but two they're missing, which is which is positive, I guess, if, if you're looking at any of these guys. But that middle of the season's a bit clogged up, Josh. Yeah, it's pretty pretty condensed. Uh, obviously, it looks like off-face value. It looks like you're, you're getting decent value to start with a few of these guys. And we do know that there are a few guys at value and cheapies that we're going to start with. But it's either a case of like having good squad depth and moving them or, or moving them on. Because yeah, uh, 10, 14, 19. And then you've got obviously 13, 16. So if you have a guy like Corey Horsburgh, uh, if he continues his form and makes uh, the Queensland side, then you know he's going to be missing, what's that, at least five games out of nine. So... Um, yep. definitely consider, to consideration there with, with some origin guys, but, um, uh, the way that I've previewed the, the Raiders this year, I don't think many of them will be making, uh, origin footy. Our teams. Yeah. Or, or our teams, maybe there's, there's a yeah. few good cheapy options and some value, but there's definitely yeah. when we're scraping through looking for major improvements within this squad, it's really hard to find. Um, Maddie, who's in and out, mate. I'll, I'll leave this one with you. Uh, we've got, um, Simi Sasaga going to the Knights. We've got. KO, oh, sorry, has come in from the Knights. We've got KO Weeks in from the Sea Eagles. Uh, we've got Morgan Smithies in from Wigan. Um, and, of course, the big out is Jack Whiten um, going to the Rabbitohs. Uh, you've got Matt Frawley heading overseas to Leeds. Uh, we've got Croker retiring. Clay Webb does not have a contract. And um, popular uh, cheapy last year, Harley Smith Shields, um, to the Titans. Yeah, maybe he gets a mention a little bit later. I think I saw him in one of your teams, maybe. Was it you, Josh? You had him in center wing to start? Maybe many moons ago, many iterations of this team uh, ago. But um, yeah, he definitely found his way there and, and, you know, might find his way back if uh, some cards fall their way. But we are going to talk about the Titans this episode. So we'll uh, discuss his uh, viability. Um, On the injury front, Brano, unfortunately, Corey Hadawira Naira obviously had that um, pretty graphic seizure last year. You know, there's been reports of, of an early retirement. He's come out and said no, but there's no clear timeline of when he's going to be coming back. So uh, I think we can just put the red line through Corey Hadawira-Naira. Even if he does come back this year, it's just not someone I'm going to be looking at. But, you know, touch wood that he does come back and play footy because he is still quite young. And, um, yeah, hopefully that retirement isn't on the cards. But if that's, you know, the way that his health and his professionals are advising him, then obviously we'd prefer him to be healthy rather than uh, playing a meaningless game of footy. 100%. Yeah, it was definitely not something I'd love to see again. Uh, that's for sure. It was, uh, yeah, pretty graphic, as you mentioned. So hopefully, fingers crossed for him, he's uh, healthy and on the mend. Uh, Suspension-wise, there's a couple of guys that are very relevant here, and you mentioned Corey Horsburgh at the start of the show. 
He's uh, copped a four-match suspension from round 26. So, obviously, he missed round 27. He also missed the first round of finals. And then the Raiders got knocked out. So, he's got two more left to serve uh, at the start of the season. Now, from what I've seen, I'm a little bit confused around whether they're counting these suspension games as preseason challenge games as well are included in that. Does anybody – Josh, you're nodding your head. Is that included? No, sure? it's it's – it's 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 who knows. Like, um, I think a blanket rule should just be, you know, if it's an NRL game and you're playing for your club, that's it, and they're only for yep. competition points. So preseason trials, yeah, international games, it's just too much of a gray area. Um, but you know, he he may have been in contention for for, for New Zealand, so the Raiders may argue that that will cover it. But you know. Mm. I mean, there is some chat around Seb Chris in like the in the NRL fantasy world, which I've been following. I'm not too sure on the Supercoach side of things, but um, there's been some mixed reports about where he'll line up. Uh, I know Xavier Savage was lining up in, in the number one in some media day photos, but there's been some reports um, that that Ricky is favouring Chris. So it's um, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll obviously have more information when the season does get closer. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, yeah that we know he's uh, on a five match suspension. Yeah, so it's it's a bit muddied, isn't it, Maddie? Like you've got Seb Chris and Corey Horsburgh who are in their best 17, we would naturally assume, yeah. which means that it might open the door for a couple of these guys to to start that might be decent, cheapy options. Yeah, I just don't know, like with the with there only being a couple, oh, I suppose Seb Chris, if Savage is there for five games at fullback, maybe that, that allows a pathway. But Corey Horsburgh with just the two games, it more just makes me look at Corey Horsburgh maybe later on in the season. And if it looks like he's going to get some price rises, which I'm not sure there's that much growth at 650K. Um, yeah, it, it allows me to get him a little bit later on and really just turn away from some of these Canberra players because they're two big names uh, in the suspension list. They are. Um, we were talking, Josh, a little bit earlier and got maybe a tiny bit excited about maybe – uh, Corey Horsburgh being suspended, opening up a position at lock for our boy Joey Tarpany to potentially start in the 13 jersey to start the year. That could be a bit of a smoky left field pick. And I know in your 55th draft of your team, uh, you had Joey Tarpany in front row. I did. I, I def- definitely experimented with that. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting Tarps to stay in the front row and, and Morgan Smitty's to line up at 13. And from all reports, he just looks like another Victor Radley who's probably going to be spending some more time in the judiciary than what it would, would on the field. I know he's a good price, but, you know, Horsburgh walks back into the side um, the minute he comes back. So you get one price rise out of Smithy in, in the in the perfect world. But in saying that, you've got a guy like Emre Gula, who is a very, very good quality uh, front row forward that can definitely do a job for a couple of weeks. So I, I still think Tarpany will will shoulder a lot of the load. Um, you know, you've got Joe, uh, Josh Papali'i, who is, you know, uh, getting on in age. And then, you know, no Horsburgh. So there's no real leader. Whitehead is no spring chicken either. So Tarpany, I think, is going to be a great three-week play um but we'll see how that how that goes um but yeah as we mentioned there's a, a lot of spots opened up especially in the back line we've got ko weeks that's popped over from manly now he def- definitely got his shot last year turbo in and out of the side with injuries and you know there was some mixing and matching in the back line but he's moved over to the nation's capital he's at 273 available at fullback and five eights i know he's quite popular i think tom sangster and the super coach nrl official account put up the other day um, that he is the most owned player. Now, obviously, in early access, we don't have – we, the, the regular public, don't have access to that percentage ownership. But um, obviously, on the back end, they can see that he is the most popular. But it looks like we're getting someone. It'll be him or Ethan Strange at 238K, available at 5'8th center wing. Are you both you know, lining up with one of these boys regardless? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, you I go first, I Maddie. It's yeah, a I, no-brainer, I, isn't I think it, if you I, Yeah. Oh, I currently don't. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it d- depends position-wise because um, I don't really like 5 eight and fullback to be massive, cheapy spots. Um, I've currently got, like, you know, dill bags and mam sitting there and, like, a look some elite guys like either Turbo, Ponga and, you know, um, Pappenhausen. So... I think I'll have to, though, um, to fund some other moves. And, yeah, it just depends. If he's named, I think you're going to have one of these guys. And this is a club that I'm really looking at cheapies, like yeah. with a with eyes wide open. In in a perfect world, uh, there is a centre spot open up as well. I mean, you know, Ethan Strange is a, is a big body. He played a little bit of centre in rep footy as well. So, you know, if we do get blessed from the SC gods, in a perfect world, we get weeks at six and, and Strange at, uh, you know, three or four, which is amazing. But then uh, there's also some more positions that open up, boys. There's a fullback spot open um, and then potentially a, a wing spot. Now, there is some talks that um, that Xavier Savage and Seb Chris are in a shootout for fullback. Uh, as I said, Xavier Savage was pictured in the fullback jersey at Media Day, which was about a month ago. Um, but over the last couple of days, there's some rumblings that Ricky's favoring Chris. But in saying that, there is another wing spot as well. Uh, and then you've also got Chevy Stewart as well, who was playing fullback in New South Wales Cup last year. Now, Chevy Stewart is at basement price at 204. He's available at fullback center wing. And Savage is also available at fullback center wing, but he's a little bit more pricey at 350. Um, and then you've also got Nick Cottridge as well, who obviously, yes, his better days are behind him, but still at 274K, uh, we know what he can be seven, eight years ago. Um, but... You know, there, there could be a world where people are lining up with four or five uh, Raiders in their back line, which is not ideal, but it's definitely a possibility. I think you're looking at one of Weeks and Strange, potentially, and then you're looking at one of Stuart and Savage. Um, you know, and you've got Kotrick, I think. I, I actually have him in my team as well at the moment. The price is just nice for what you kind of know you're going to get or what the upside would be with him. Um, but tell us about Danny Levi, Josh. 238K. There's talks or rumors I mean, at the moment. Have we ever been burnt by Raiders hookers before? I can't think of a Never. time where we've Never. ever bought into stocks of full of, of hookers. Um, but no, you've also got Tom Starling, who I've always said if Tom Starling got 60 minutes, he'd average 60 points. Like he, but for whatever reason, Ricky just hates him. Um, he was favoring Zach Wolford. Now, no disrespect to Zach Wolford, but um, not the most creative or exciting nine. But maybe Ricky doesn't want that. But they did bring in Danny Levi. Um, who was playing a little bit of footy last year. But, yeah, there's some whispers getting around on um, on some socials. Nothing concrete, but Danny Levi is favoured mm. to be the nine. Now, look, it's not it's not great. But, you know, if people are paying 350 for Jaden Braley to play 50 minutes, I'd rather just pay 240 for Danny Levi to play 45, 50 minutes. Like, we're not going to start these guys, but um, you might have to call upon Danny Levi in, what is it, round four, when I think Harry Grant has the bye. Um, but, look... You know, you're comparing mediocrity to mediocrity. If you're picking up Jaden Braley with no guarantee of 80 minutes, you can just save yourself 100K and pick up Danny Levi. I don't know. Like, hookers just wasted. Like, uh, for full transparency, Awful. We're, we're currently working through our sort of draft rankings, our top, you know, X amount of players for each position. And I did the hooker ones last night, Brainer. I sent it over to you. And after about number five, it's just like, you're shooting fish in a barrel. I think I saw something from the weekly rubdown boys who do a great job with draft stuff. And and they were saying everybody else 
not named Harry Grant, just wait right to the end of the draft. And, and I think that's pretty spot on with the value of Hooker at the moment, even with Classic, if you take that approach. Like, you, you can have Harry Grant and a plotter. Harry Grant and someone on the bench with a little bit of upside that could make 150, 200K at best. Matty, uh, any love there for Levi or any of the hookers from Canberra? On the football Look, field. Yeah, I'm just going to see how the chatter comes out and see what happens as it gets a little bit closer. But yeah, you're right. There's going to be a cheap hooker option. And um, you know what? Whisperer might be talking me around from uh, from Braley to um, from Braley through to Danny Levi, or at least some cheap hooker option. Like, well, look, I'm we'll, 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 we'll get to the Sunny Luke last year. I was going to yeah. say we'll get we'll get to the Eels as well. But you've also got Brendan Hands and, and and Joey Lustig as well. So it's like. It's not like it's it's Levi, Braley or nothing. There will be some mediocrity ones, but it's a case of like cover for Grant in round four or whenever the buyers, I'll have to confirm, but cover for him and then just set and forget, basically. Hopefully someone becomes available. Hopefully Reed Marnie decides to pull his finger out and not miss 17 tackles a game, basically. Never again. Never again. Um, let's go into the big fallers. I, th- there's only really one guy. When I was looking at this squad, it's kind of like everybody is ex- – lining up as expected in the in the front row um so your your big men in this lineup essentially is exactly the same as is what we saw last year so i don't necessarily see anybody regressing massively uh nor do i see anybody improving massively across the raiders we just know what's going to happen and also you've you've got ricky roulette who's a you know ricky roulette is a real thing it's it's burnt us on many an occasion when we're bought into someone from the raiders and then they find themselves on the bench next week so um jordan rapiner don't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He's 557K. I think he's priced at a 54 or 55 or something like that. Father Time's got to kick in at some point. We know he had that long stint at fullback uh, for, a, for a large uh, amount of the season last year through injury and uh, different opportunities. But, you know, I, I just don't see him being able to produce the same kind of workload that he did on the scores that he's priced at on the wing uh, this year. And also, if he's on the left wing, uh, he'll be outside whichever young 5'8 gets picked as well, which is maybe a little bit of a disadvantage. Maybe that young 5'8 uses a certain second rower short a little bit more than going out the back to their wingers. We might talk this, about this a little this bit needs, later. This needs to stop. <laughs> Mate, it's going to come it, up every Jen. single episode now. Yeah. Um, but Jordan Rappenau, bit of a no-brainer. Five-point regression, I think, predicted for him just based on the fact that he's going to get a little bit, uh, maybe more injury-riddled as, uh, as the seasons go on. Um, any comments or we can move on? Yeah. yeah the it's, only it's other new, one, like, the only other one that I'd sort of look at is, like, Timiko. Like, I don't see, like, he was actually great last year and good in a draft. I had him in, in a draft and, like, he was nearly, like, off the waivers early on in the season. But I can't see him replicating that again this year. That was 57 and he went on some really good streaks last year. I just can't see him replicating that um, with the players that they've lost this year. My fondest Josh. memory of my fondest memory of Timiko was uh, I think he was like the most purchased player one week in Classic, and then mm. proceeded to do nothing for about eight weeks after <laughs> yeah. that. So he went on, yeah, like like Matrix said, he went on this mad run and then just did nothing after he was purchased. So yeah, I mean, I think as as you said, Brano, the Raiders are just like they're just mid, which is fine, and like we know what like the players are. Like no one's gonna fall off a cliff, no one's gonna you know improve massively. It's just like cool. I mean, there is some guys here that I don't agree with. Um, that are getting some love from two people on this podcast that they've suggested that he is a, a value buy. I want to put a stop to this agenda right now because it, it's funny. I remember last year, this is before I knew both of you boys, there was just some random Twitter accounts that are sprouting Hudson Young as a buy nonsense. 
And I'm like, who the hell are these nobodies shouting this absolute garbage? He ended up doing nothing, so I feel vindicated. But it's funny how uh, the world works because that's my first interaction with you boys. It's just uh, having some Hudson Young agenda. And he, look, he is priced at 580K, which is an average of uh, 57. Look, I've, I'm, I'm ruling him out, but I do want to hear the thought process. Is it just down to the fact that you know there's not going to be much happening on the left-hand side of the field, so the ball has to go somewhere? Let me defend myself on this one a little bit. Now, the only reason, and I'm fucking reaching massively on Hudson Young, by the way. Like I, I was looking through this list and I'm going, who can I even put as a best value pick in this team? I mean, KO Weeks at his price is probably the best value if he gets a start. Um, I mean, if Ethan Strange lines up in the centers or even maybe even gets that 5-8 role to start, he's definitely the one. But the, the, between the, the really cheap value options and the you, you set and forget kind of primo forwards in Tarpany, Papali'i, Horsburgh, there's nothing in between. There's no real value there. You either pay up for premium or you just take dirt cheap in the Raiders. Matty, would you agree? Yeah, and... I'd like to return serve on Josh here. Um, it wasn't an agenda. It was propaganda. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the Hudson Young love come from the fact that he was a guy that averaged 70. And then he sort of went to the, was it late 400s, early 500s? And he still exceeded what he should have or still exceeded you know, that price. And I think Canberra is going to be a team of runs. And if we start seeing some connection there, like Hudson Young got selected for origin. Like I admittedly, I don't really think that it was the best decision. I was there watching him play and all he looked like is, was he was trying to fight everyone the whole time, which doesn't equate to super coach points folks. But, um, Look, yeah, I just think if he comes down into the low 500s again, he's somebody that could go for a run and then suddenly he's 650 and and you sell out. He's somebody that I'm going to watch all year. Yeah. Go on, Josh. Oh, I can, I can, I can appreciate the man love. It's just um, I think with 2RF this year, it's just you know too good to pass up some of these 400K guys. Um, we do have a question from the Discord. Uh, make sure you do join the Insight Fantasy Sport Discord. Uh, the link will be in, in the bio. Um, great community. You're covering a multitude of sports. NRL Supercoach, NRL Fantasy this year. We're going to do a little bit, boys. We're going to get some guys in there that know what they're talking about. We've got Scoop, who is one of the you know uh, flagships around there. BBL, which is flying. The consensus team is doing better than any team that I could ever construct. The NBL team is wonderful. Uh, we have uh, second place last week in uh, points on this podcast very much. Um, there's some sports betting. There's some really good sports bettors in there as well. There is some AFL chat. AFL's ramping up as well. So the Insight Fantasy Sport Discord is amazing. And we have a question from friend of the show, Brent. Boys, he wants to know thoughts on Big Red. And who do we think wins the fullback and 5'8 spot? You go. You can go, Matty. You go first. Yeah, I brushed this question for started, starters when I saw it in the Discord because I was in the middle of work and I read it and I thought he was joking saying, does Big Red get the fullback or the 5'8 spot? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> so sorry for not answering live, Brent, uh, when you sent the message through. I mean, um, I mean, like, realistically, is, is he any worse than Rapino at fullback? Yeah, probably. Just chuck Rapino at lock. You could do worse. I'll tell you what, he's a real meter eater. Um, look, I think Big Red 
I think we will own him at one stage this year, but I think that he's one of those blokes that I wanted to own because I thought that he wouldn't play Origin. Like, um, you know, maybe somebody that I would hold through the buy period or somebody like that. Um, I wonder if I won't be touching him this year for that exact reason because I didn't expect him to play Origin. Um, but, yeah, look, I probably won't be touching Big Red unless he goes on a bit of a run. So, And also, he's lost his front row forward duel to start yeah, the season as yeah. well, which is much less appealing for me. 633K priced at a 62. So do we see him, and the question needs to become, do, do we see him averaging 70 points across the season? For me, probably not. Um, thoughts, it's, Josh? It's funny. It's funny. Last year was his worst PPM ever, um, but that obviously coincided with it with a massive rise in minutes in the game. Um, you know, he's gone from you know, 51, 34, 43 minutes all up to 62. So he had a massive jump in minutes. Obviously, you know, had played amazing footy as well. Um, let's not get that out of the way. But I think this just goes back to the same point that I'll make about Hudson Young. There's so many better options at, um, yeah, you know, 100%. At, at 2RF. Also, I don't know what his fitness is like, but he's not going to play footy for three weeks. So it will take a little bit to get acclimatized. Um, he will only have, what, probably one competitive game of footy, which is the second week of the trial. I doubt he plays week one. Unless Ricky knows he's not going to be playing you know, much footy, so he wants to get some sort of reps in a little bit. Um, but he will miss the first three weeks. He's priced at, yeah, you know, a massive outlier season, which I don't think he's going to drop you. I think he'll probably average 60, but what value is there? And the only point that I was going to make, Bruno, was he lost his front row forward duel, which was so handy to have. Last year we had, I know, me personally speaking from experience, I had JDB, um, Tohu Harris, and Max King, and um, and Corey Horsburgh, and all those guys were duel. You can just flip them around, especially during the buys. But this year he's yeah. lost that, and there's also probably guys that are 200k less that will average the same yeah yeah pretty well said um we can we can probably hopefully that answers the big red question who do we think wins fullback and five eight spot um we kind of touched on the fullback position um all we can go off essentially is savior savage wearing the one at the media day um but then you've you've said that potentially seb chris has it but he's suspended to start the season so yeah i think savages i think if um if this murky five game ban is somehow like overruled, then I think Chris lines up in the one. Um, and then it's going to be really difficult if it doesn't get overturned, because then if Savage does line up in the one, are we going to get suckered in? Does he move to a wing? Does Chevy Stewart play? As we said, he was the fullback in New South Wales cup last year, um, which kept Savage out of that one spot. But um, yeah, Matrix, do you have any thoughts on the fullback jersey? I know it's, you know, a massively hot topic in the NRL community. Everyone's dying to know. I think we're going to get sucked into owning Savage and then Seb Chris is going to roll through and um, we will all have Savage sitting there in our center wing. Um, We will get one prize prize. I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy that 23K. Round six preview. preview. We're sitting here going, shit, boys. Uh, Savage has been named at five. Uh, What do we do? 14. He'll name me, Matt. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Or it's 18. And like, there's a lot of doubt over like Chris's fitness or something like that. We just sit there not knowing he's gonna play. Typical super coach fashion. We love it. That's why we play. Um, guys, before we move on to the Titans, we'll give a shout out to the Standard Squeeze. They're helping you drink responsibly and conveniently by measuring the perfect pour every single time. So you can go to the website, thestandardsqueeze.com, and use the code Insight15. Get yourself 15% off everything in store. Thanks to the Standard Squeeze for sponsoring the show. We can move on to the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, and Josh, you were, you were the one that uh, kind of kicked this one off. So, uh, mate, I might leave this with you to get started. 
Absolutely. Buys in round two, round 17, and round, sorry, rounds two, 13, and 17. So obviously early buy to contend with, which makes owning some premiums a little bit tough and a, and a couple of value guys we're looking at a little bit strict, sticky, sticky as well. But mm. if you pull up any draw feature, the people that color grade their draws, we can see a whole lot of green for the Titans to start with. So it's a case of do you forego the early buy and still get a lot of these Titans guys? But it does turn a little bit. You know, we have a lot of easy draws to start with and it sort of takes a, a nasty shift. You've got uh, teams like the Warriors, Melbourne, uh, Newcastle, Broncos as well. So um, it starts it starts well. Don't go too heavy or, you know, make some trades early on. But they do have some new arrivals. Keenan Palacia has arrived from the Broncos, which I think is a great signing from a footy standpoint. And the aforementioned Harley Smith-Shields has come over from the Raiders. The outs, Aaron Booth has retired. Unfortunately, I had massive hopes for Aaron Booth. Uh, I was very much on an Aaron Booth agenda. Uh, it might have been last year or the year before as, as a cheapie. Uh, Patrick Herbert has been released. Uh, Cruz Leeming, he had a you know, five-minute stint in the NRL. He's back over at Wigan. And Sam McIntyre over to the Cowboys on the injury front. Aaron Clark, um, dual position hero of our hearts last year. I know he had a lot of preseason love as well. He looks like he's going to be out with a shoulder, but, you know, racing the clock for round one. And as we, the Supercoach world was rocked with news pre-Christmas that David Fafita had suffered that pectoral injury and required immediate surgery. And he's going to be racing the clock for round one too. So a very, very disrupted preseason for Fifi. I'm sure we'll touch on him. And uh, no guarantee that he plays round one. I don't know about you boys. I probably don't think he plays round one, considering the buy in round two. We might see Fifi line back up in round three. And I just personally really kind of worries me when a big forward that, you know, makes a lot of tackles and obviously makes a lot of runs and is such a barnstorming runner like Fafita injures a peck. It's such a like a you know an injury that is is really relevant to nearly everything that he does on the footy field, so um, yeah the concerns there. Definitely... Say again, sorry. Also, the fact that Des Hasley is his coach, which is yeah. oh, who knows 100%. what's going to happen. If he could average one hundred and ten or thirty eight, like I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, any what's your thoughts on Fafita, Maddie? If he, if he's lining up round one and he's fit and he's good to go, is he an option for you? Not with the buy round two. I think we're going to get a nice look. Even if he gets, like, as Josh said, even if he gets 110 in week one, it's only 55 over two weeks for somebody that you've paid seven. Oh, I don't even know what's his price this year. Probably something ridiculous. But, yeah, he was nearly – I nearly owned him all last year, last year, and I would love to just go David Fafita, sit him there all year. I don't think I'd trade him out. But the Des Hasler effect, the... The question mark around which side he plays as well is really relevant to talk about, I think. Also worth noting as well, he will miss round round 16 and round 17, 16 being origin, 17 being the buy. Um, I know it's a long-term planning thing, but, you know, there's two weeks gone straight away. Um, that he'll miss as well. So uh, it's small things like that, but if you're paying 800K, you're sort of looking at these things being like, uh, and yeah, as you said, Breno, both Fermor is back in action and we know how poor, I think it's the right word to say, Fafita was on the on the right-hand side. We think back to 2022 and he was not good. Like last year was a bounce-back year. He linked up with AKP on the on the left-hand side so well. Um, but obviously Fermor played amazing on the left, so it's, it's going to be a, a trials watch, definitely. But what, what about the high school connection, Matty? Oh, yeah. Do we remember his one game at centre? 
Yeah. That was awful. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I did buy into the high school connection last year with Tanner Boyd and uh, <laughs> and David Fafida. It was like the uh, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson thing. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So probably a fade. No suspensions here though. Um, so we can probably move into the cheapies. Now, did any of us own Isaac Fasul Maliawi last year? No. No, I saw a lot no. of love for him. I didn't really understand it. Was it was a but, lot. Um, a lot yeah. of love. It's it one I can, I can get behind. Oh, yeah, great name. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not keen on Isaac this year. Probably gets a bench spot, but I think there's better bench options. Um, we've already spoken about We've spoken about Sam Hughes, who I'm, you know, keen on, and... Um, you know, Xavier Wilson from the Broncos, if he gets minutes, uh, Spencer Lenu, you know, is what 50k more than what for Asu Malawi is, um, as is Fletcher Baker as well. So, there's guys that you just pay up for or just drop down cheaper. I'm not keen on Isaac Fa'asua Malawi. So, who about how about the next one? Tom Weaver, 245k halfback. I mean, he's got to obviously get a role first, doesn't he? Um, so does this come down to yeah. Tanner Boyd versus Weaver? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I think so, but there's huge raps on Weaver. Um, you know, a lot of Titans fans are wanting him to start. Um, that may be over Foran, you know, uh, Foran's not someone that you can rely on for 24 games a year. Um, but in saying that, Boyd does provide a lot of utility cover as well. So it's more down to a case of like when he gets a game. I think this is, this reeks of like Sam Walker from like three years ago. Um, we knew he wasn't going to start straight away, but when he did, um, there's there's huge wraps on him. But uh, a guy that to put in your black book or just keep a little eye on through Queensland Cup, and when the opportunity does present itself, then yeah, you can look at uh, jumping on. Donate it. Now, talk to me about Harley Smith Shield. Uh, Matty, I might get your thoughts first before I throw to Josh. Do you see him lining up or making it into this team, or is it just too stacked out on the edges for him to get a spot? Look, I think he. it is probably too stacked for starters, I probably see Sammy and uh, AKP for starters. AKP, I know he did get dropped for, was it a couple games at one stage, but that was all defensively, um, I would presume. He was an absolute jet um, in attack. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see him there day one. I think if there's an injury, he's a name that if I see pop up for the 238K that he is, I've seen enough that I think that he will do a really good serviceable role for that period. And look, maybe he grabs it by the balls and uh, he does earn the spot, but I don't think it'll be round one. And essentially it's him competing with Brian Kelly, isn't it? For that other center position, considering AJ Brimson's all but locked in to, to play center. So um, Josh, you, you've had him in your team in one of the drafts that's maybe changed now. Yeah. Just, just a name that was cheap. That didn't really do a whole lot of looking into, but you're right. Also, AJ Brimson's locked in. Yeah, AJ Brimson's locked in for one center spot. Uh, Jojo Fafita, uh, AKP, Brian Kelly, who just quietly averaged like 65 last year. I don't think we talk about that, that he averaged out of nowhere, averaged 65 back to Brian Kelly's best. Um, but he'll definitely be there. Um, I think Aaron Shop is still floating around. He's probably not going to start, but he's a name there. But um, yeah, obviously Harley Smith Shields base is fantastic, but we saw that Titan side last year throw defense out the window and just said, look, we're going to try and score more points than you. Under Des, that might be a little bit of a different philosophy, but um, yeah, he's a name. He's cheap. He can do worse. Placeholder for now in uh, on January nine, so you can uh, <laughs> lock him in and reserve that two hundred and thirty eight k price tag and wait until Teamless Tuesday. 
Um, big fallers, guys. Five points of regression. I agree with both of these, but Josh, you've done the legwork here, so I'll let you kind of talk through it and we can add our bits and pieces. Um, for feeder and brimson, a bit of no-brainers, like, really, isn't like it? I've, I've spent my talking quote at this episode already. We're only halfway through, but yes, <laughs> feeder, 81.5. He could, you know, put 20 points. He feeder could fall into both the best value and the big fallers category. I've got no clue. Um, it really comes down to what side of the field he plays on. Uh, I think he's definitely a big regressor over the first six weeks of the season. Like, as yeah, Maddie said, he scores 110 in week one. Sick. He scores zero points in week two. Um, he also probably is going to have a very, very disrupted preseason. I think NRL Physio said around round two, round three, like we'll be racing the clock for round one. But, you know, I just have a hunch that with that buy in round two, what's the point in, in waste? Like you've got another fortnight there if he does Hasler just to get him right. And then obviously, yeah, both for more uh, potentially playing on the left. I would suspect that Des just keeps Fafita on the, on the left because of how well he was last year and just how yep. well that link up was with AKP. Um, but still, it's definitely worth mentioning the disrupted preseason, the fact that he's going to miss round 13, round 16, round 17, round 19 um, as well. So, yeah, I think 16, 17, 18, 19, he plays one game, which, yes, we're, we're talking, you know, five months down the track, but it's definitely worth considering if you're paying 800K. Um, but, yeah, for feeder, yeah. the way I look at him this year, it's going to be a very disrupted first six weeks. And then when he finally hits his straps, origin, and then at the back end of the season, you're like, okay, well, that's when we have to jump on him. Let me, and I can guarantee you that there will be late carnage, teamless Tuesday when he's named in round one. And we look at the draw and they've got the dragons round one. Then the buy, you can cop that. Then let me finish the Bulldogs, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Raiders. Oh, Five really nice matchups in the first six rounds. It's exceptional, but it's just like, I want to see him week two in the trials, like running for 200 meters and just like, yeah, pile driving people into the ground before I pay under 830k with with a pec surgery. But, um, we know but my thoughts. Both on, firm you know, has the same draw. Yeah, of course, and both firm is also half the price. But in saying that, yeah. both firm, people are like, oh, but he's coming off an ACL. Yes, but he's also had. I think he was right to go from like round 23 for the Titans. Yeah, they just like, didn't use him. It's no point. What's the point? Let's just wait. Um, do we yeah, do we I'm, know if yeah. Bo Fermor went to school with Tanner Boyd? That might tip yeah, it over the. Over you got to keep it right. <laughs> I think he dated his to, sister, so you um, have to factor in yeah, how many points. How many points does the key, uh, the, the keeper high connection add? Like fifteen points a game. At, At least, least, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't worry, Boyd. I bought in that hype as well. I was like, oh, Fafita and Boyd playing together again. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're <Absolutely>. dumb. <clears throat> Um, all right, yeah, and and Brimson being in the centres, Maddie, you're a big Brimson fan from last year. You bought him in, I think, when a lot of other people didn't uh, didn't necessarily play out the way you wanted it to. But um, do you see him being a regressor? Yeah, especially at centre. I needed a pod, um, and he was there, and I found myself in a spot where I'm like, look, I'm gonna try and hit it home, or just you know fall out of the top ten thousand, basically. Um, Brimo just did as advertised for me um, in the positions he was playing, but now fullback only playing in the centers. There's absolutely no reason you should look at AJ Brimson. You know what? Fullback only playing in the centers also doesn't even make him a classic option. Yeah, completely agree. You're looking for centers that you can play at fullback or fullbacks that you can play in the centers, but like it, it just doesn't make sense to go with him at all. doesn't make sense no. as an option when he's playing in the centers in the NRL. 
and is only available at fullback. So we can move on. Best value, we've got a few here. We talked about both for more a little bit earlier. But uh, Keenan Palacia is also an ex-Bronco, Matty. And did, did you have high hopes for him over in Brisbane before he moved? Not really. He's just a plotter. Um, and I think that it's, as Josh said, really good football signing. Got nothing to do with um, Supercoach. He's like, he got paid more than, say, a Corey Jensen or somebody like that. But I don't think you get anything extra. Um, and he definitely wasn't going to fill the role of like a Flegler or somebody like that going. Um, yeah, so for me, I think you can put a line through him or take him in your last week in drafts, last uh, pick in drafts. So, so he's a he's a big ten point improver for you, Josh. So, plead your case. Jermaine Jolliffe, Joe Stimson, Isaac Louis. Uh, who else is terrible in this side? I mean, no offense, Aaron Clark. Like Palisade is better than all these guys. Like he's three hundred and sixty k. Is he going to set the world on fire? No. Am I going to take Spencer Lenu and? Uh, Fletcher Baker over him, yes. But he's dual position, which those two aren't. If for whatever reason, Des Hasler realizes how absolutely putrid the guys I mentioned before was. Like, no offense to Joe Stimson, but like, how is he still getting a run around? Like, I remember five years ago, Joe Stimson was like 300K playing for the Storm. And I was like, oh yeah, let's get on him. And he was terrible then. And we're now in 2024 and he's still terrible. Um, Sorry, uh, Jermaine Jolliffe, another one. Sick, cool. Play for play for the cutters in, in New South Wales in Queensland Cup or whatever. Like you've got Mo Fodawaker, Tino, and then a whole heap of nothing. Uh I like Keenan Palacia. I you know, I feel stitched up here. This is another Isaiah Katoa all over again, isn't it? After last week's <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as Isaiah Katoa. I'm I'm more on board with Palacia than I am Katoa. It's more it's more that jewel. And you know, yes, he will have to have some injuries for his way to get meaningful minutes, but as I said, that pack does not scream um Penrith Panthers. You know levels of depth think, there, so yeah. yeah. But can we let's move on from Palace here because I'm I'm probably more keen on the next man that we're going to talk about, which is uh, Sam yeah. Verrills. Which I feel like I've been saying that since 2017, 2018. That's Sam Verrills' year, and I'll probably never let it go. Um, but we know how putrid Hooker is. Chris Randall is hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yep, and uh, and and yeah, that's that's about it. Sam Barrels, he is just another Tom Starling, someone that has like a lot of excitement, can run the ball well, is an okay defender, needs the minutes. Um, Des Hasler, uh, someone can clip this up and fact check me if I'm wrong, but just from memory, Des Hasler likes to play his hookers just for a lot of minutes. So if Verrills does get the nine, plays sixty minutes, you can do far worse. Mm-hmm. Would you? 
if he's playing 60 minutes, wouldn't you just rather Braley at 100k cheaper, free it up, use it elsewhere? No, because Braley's just Braley's just a body. <laughs> like at least Verrills can can like have some he attack. Can do I'll, something. Never, I'll never forgive Jaden. I'm going to go on a, on a tangent here. From like rounds one to ten in 2021, Jaden Braley averaged like 70 points in like the first 10 weeks, and then from the back end of his average about 36. Like I'll never forgive the bloke for that. He he just derailed my 2021 season. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like Verrills is exciting. Like would you not rather just be like? When you're sitting down cracking a beer Sunday afternoon, would you rather watch Jaden Bradley make 36 tackles with zero misses and, and have one running meter? Or would you rather be like, you know what, let's just watch Semi Verrills do something dumb five meters out and potentially try and get some kind of try assist? You know what I'd rather do? Uh, I would rather have Harry Grant as my starting hooker and never rely on my reserve hooker <laughs> with a reserve tagged on them in Supercoach and not have to give a fuck. That's, that's that what the, I would is like that, to Is do. that the read money PTSD tax? Yes, absolutely it is. That uh, you know, hurt my soul last year. You know what? I'm a little bit with Josh on this one. I've had yeah. the next three guys all in my team at certain points. Um, look, I do <laughs> feel I feel a little bit ganged up on with Keenan Palace here and Sam Verrills, but I think I will have uh, a little bit more support when it comes to both of them all at 467K. Uh, priced at 45.7. Now, I might be in a different Twitter niche than a lot of people, but I feel like everyone's talking about both of them all. But I put up my team reveal the other day and he was in it, and everyone's like, oh, wow, I forgot about Bo Firma. So maybe I'm just in a small circle of Bo Firma stand accounts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's priced at 45.7. We know how good he was in 2022 pre-ACL playing on the left. I expect him to go back to the right with Fafita staying on the left. But still, like, that's 80 minutes a game, 0.5 ppm to break even. Like, the floor is – you can't get any lower than a 45 for an 80-minute back rower. Yeah, I think it's pretty I'm, safe, I'm sure personally. What do you it. think, Matty? Unless you're Hudson Young, according to you. No, Hudson Young, he's fine. Elliot Whitehead is someone that could definitely play 80 minutes and uh, score 15 points. <laughs> yep. I think with the like with the surplus of mid-range 400k 2RF options, I think, I don't know whether there's any of them that are a slam dunk per se, but FOMO is definitely in the conversation, isn't he, is one of those options. I think it definitely makes sense. I, I want to look at both FOMO's ownership at like one o'clock before the Titans week two trial game and then watch it after he makes a line break um, from like a tenor boy, you know, short ball. It would skyrocket because mm-hmm. I think he's a classic guy of people like filtering by average. Like when they're looking at their account, they're like, oh, shit, I've got 500K left. Let's just filter by average. And then firm is not going to rock up. Um, so I think, yeah, he's definitely a guy that is there. Look, obviously... The problem with Furmore is the fact that there's 47 other guys that are priced at 450k that averaged 45 last year. So he will get lost in the in the wasteland. It's not like he's the only person. Um, but yeah, I, th- I don't think. I also think worse. that might be a small advantage personally that he gets lost in that wasteland because you can find a little bit of gold in there with these guys that are severely underpriced. And clearly, he's underpriced because he was injured all last year. He's not underpriced because he had a bad season. And there's reason to think yes. maybe he'll have another bad season. So, um, but we all know that ACLs or returning from ACLs is definitely a drop in performance the year after they come back. So one thing to keep in mind, but um, let's talk about the last one because we've got a question from discord that ties in perfectly with this one. Um, Jaden Campbell, 456 K, very popular, probably more popular in fantasy circles than super coach. Um, but he is five, eight fullback. Nice little jewel there priced at a 44.7. Now, 
I'll, it's, I'll probably open up this question straight away. Scoop from, from Discord does some great stuff for us in there. Big fantasy head as well. Um, debate for and against Jaden Campbell if he's named at fullback. Given the position, the other options, they're early buy and they're very soft start. First of all, Matty, uh, are you for Jaden Campbell or against him to start? No, I'm for him. In my first iteration of my team, I went Campbell straight in. I can go a cheap fullback. It worked with Jareem Buller last year. Um, and now I've sat back a little bit and started to go, well, I'm going to probably go double gun fullback. Maybe it would fit in more at 5'8". When they paid him the money that they paid him last year, and I don't know if it was all in the papers down there in New South Wales, but it was all over the Courier Mail up here in Queensland. Like It's like you've paid this much money for a utility. Like maybe this Brimson thing, like that was all in the works then. Look, Gold Coast are really high on Jaden Campbell. He's exciting. Every time he's got the spot there, he's been great, which is why he's not coming in at 300K. I feel like it's a safe option at 5'8 for 450K. I think when you can play, I mean, look, they're both high upside positions as well, 5'8 and fullback. If he was if he was center wing eligible or something, that's when I'd, I'd start to consider looking at him in that position. But I mean, at 5'8, Everyone's on KO weeks as their bench 5'8", and then they've probably got Dylan Brown or someone of a premium nature. Uh, at fullback, you've got so many awesome premium options. Like, are you really going to pick Jaden Campbell over Tommy Turbo, Ryan Pappenhausen, Reese Walsh, Kalen Ponga? You're not. So it's it's about where do you fit the bloke in, in into really prime positions. Do you go and in forego KO weeks, who's 200K cheaper, to fit in Jaden Campbell because you see the upside at 5'8". That, that now becomes the question. Because I don't know whether you put him in at fullback. Josh, do you, do you agree? Are you someone that you'd have to play him at 5'8 or nothing in Supercoach? In the last two years, have a guess how many 100-point scores Jaden Campbell has. Zero. Oh. Zero. Okay. Two. That, that actually surprises me. I thought I, I was going for maybe four. Have a guess how many 100-point scores Tom Trevojevic has. Loads. Oh, um, that's that's what it comes down to for me. Um, fullback, I can't go against. I think using Jareem Buller is very, very um, unique. Jareem Buller was the exception. Of the he was also bottom dollar. Uh, if yeah. Jaden Campbell was 180K or 200K, yes, we're not having this conversation. He's straight in because we sacrifice that. And then we go double gun. Um, we go double gun. Halfback, we probably go double gun. Yeah, we can go double gun hookers with how poor it is. Like we have the money there. We can go Tino and, and Haas. We free up so much money there. But as you said, like he doesn't have huge upside. Yes, he's good. Um, but, you know, I want Tom Travojevic pumping the Bulldogs 58-0 when he scores 200 points. I don't want Jaden Campbell looking cool for 20 minutes scoring 80. Um, yeah. And then at at half, at 5'8", this might just be me being like having a stonking hard on for Dylan Brown because Dylan Brown is not moving from my team like at all. And then Neither. the question becomes, well, do I sacrifice Fainu, Jaden Sullivan, uh, Chevy Stewart, Kaya Weeks? Like four of these cheap guys that we're going to get, we're going to get one of them. Do I sacrifice one of those moneymakers for a guy who, yeah, looks cool, but he's also got, like I'm looking at his stats right here, he's also got a couple of like 25-point games in 80 minutes. Um, and the argument I, I for Jaden Campbell... Able- Sorry, we said Sorry, all the, time, the, the argument for Jaden. Go, you go. go. No, I was just going to say Des Hazler as coach, so it's just like, you know, yeah. Sorry, do the, yeah, Titans the, just, Jayden... do the Titans just set up to win game six nil. Like that's 
yeah, are they good enough to win games like you just mentioned, Manly fifty-eight nil against the Bulldogs? Like, are they are they good enough to go and put fifty points on a team and, and Campbell can eat one hundred and thirty points or whatever? Um, I don't I don't think they are. But yeah, Jaden Campbell as well. Like the argument might be, oh well, he's underpriced because he played at fourteen a lot last year. He's playing as a utility, and and that's fine. But when you go back and look at the games that he started at fullback last season, he only averaged fifty point eight in games that he started at fullback. So that argument's kind of null and void now um, because he averaged pretty similar to what he averaged at 14 at one. So whilst I like him as a player, yeah, I, there's I way too the, many other I don't options. have the exact stats, but I also feel like he played 14 a lot, came on with 20 minutes to go and had like a ridiculous PPM because he just bag a try and that would like mm, inflate yeah. his score. Um, but yeah, I love recording podcasts uh, via Zoom when we have the delay and we both look like dickheads <laughs> by talking over each other. Um <laughs> But that's the thing. Like, yes, he is. Even if he was underpriced, not everyone that's underpriced you have to buy. You have to work out who is more viable. And would I rather pay bottom dollar for K weeks to average thirty-five and get me fifteen points of value, or would I rather pay Jaden Campbell five hundred K to get me eight points of value? And that's where you, you weigh it up. And for me, I just think the upside at fullback is way too high, um, and the the upside at picking a cheap five eighth is way too high. Like if you're running Dylan, uh, if you're running uh, Jaden Campbell as your main five eighth, then the conversation opens up a little bit more. But then you're sacrificing a, a gun in a position we don't need to. Um, but for me, I'm I'm letting JC go through the keeper. Well, yeah. One thing I do like about his draw is look, we get to watch him play St George. Great, that's going to be a good test for him. Um, we get to we get him to have the bye and then he's going to play the Bulldogs and then maybe the Dolphins. If he becomes must-buy against the Dolphins, then, you know, it's not that round three where everybody gets the price rise. We can wait a week on Jaden Campbell and being at 450K, not 270K, he's not going to make 200K in a week. He's not going to make 130K in a week. Um, he's probably going to plot along, get you 60. And if he becomes one of those players, but like when he gets to that later schedule, um, heading into origin, um, he's going to really struggle. So he's a rookie fullback. If, if 23 year old rookie fullback, if JC comes out and goes 65, 65, do you have movement there? Because it's like, it's not a huge price increase because remember that first score will drop out. That's the first one that drops out. But if he goes like, if he goes like 65, 40, I'm just like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good He's fine. You. I'm not picking him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it's just a case of weighing up risk versus reward and value versus points. You have to find that fine line between like, obviously it's all cool to have a $14 million team value. If, you, if you're sitting a hundred K, you're like, oh, cool. Look at my money. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need the points. So it's just like, it's a, it's a hard one. I'm not keen though. And we, we mentioned in the manly pod um, that Tommy Turbo could be 400K underpriced at 800K. So you, there's your value. Um, so we can move on. Uh, guys, before we do, though, before we talk about the Melbourne Storm, the show is also sponsored by Ryan from Astute Newstead. Um, it, with interest rates booming across the country, I'm sure you've wondered whether your rates are too high or whether you can afford your dream home. You don't have to wonder anymore. You can contact Ryan, who offers confidential lending assistance with no obligations attached. Contact him on Instagram at Ryan Astute Newstead and mention us to get a free consult. Now, uh, Melbourne Storm, pretty brutal buy to start. They've got some pretty tough games to kick off. We talk about uh, the Titans having that gold in six weeks and it's all green. And then we look at Melvin and it's just like, oh, yuck. No, yeah, no good. Does this does this deter you at all, Maddie, from, from Storm options, looking at Panthers, Warriors, 
Knights by Broncos? It does. Um, I will own a lot of Storm players throughout the year, but those first couple weeks, I might look to get them at a bit of value uh, for maybe when they play the Bulldogs. Uh, what is that? Round six. So, Yep. Fair call. Buyers 4, 13, and 19 are the buyers. Round 4, 13, and 19. So they missed two of the major buyers. Uh, so for your origin players, they don't get hit as hard. For Harry Grant, for Cam Munster, for these guys, they're going to miss 13 and 19 anyway. It just becomes a question, then do they back up? Um, so that's another conversation altogether, but not not such a bad draw for the origin guys. Um, new arrival, Sean Bloor from the Tigers. This was actually recent as a week ago um, that this news came out. Um, Justin Olam's obviously gone across to... Uh, to the West Tigers. That's officially been approved now, Josh, hasn't it? Uh, y- uh, yes. I think I, I saw think, something I, today I, that the contract yeah, signed. Yeah, today that, that, that um, Owens agreed and, and things are good to go. But uh, yeah, um, definitely. Cool. Good mm. for all parties. Absolutely. Uh, the outs, Tom Eisenhuth goes to the Dragons, Jaden Nicarima to the Catalan Dragons. Two very different types of Dragons teams there. Uh, Tarek Sims has also gone over to the Super League to the Catalan Dragons and Justin Olam, we just mentioned, to the Tigers. So those are the ins and outs. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen becomes an injury conversation, I guess, but all reports are that he's tracking relatively well and like, it's the same old bullshit injury narrative that we hear on the 10th of January, isn't it? That, uh, tracking oh, well. Yeah, pretty much. My favorite, uh, Pappen- favorite term. Because there's no insight. We talk about Ryan Pappenhausen a bit later, so I'll leave him. No suspensions to talk about, but let's let's move into the cheapies. There there are a couple of cheapies. Stalwart cheapie, Jack Howarth, um, for how many seasons in a row? Five or six seasons? He comes in at sub 240K. We'll be doing this podcast in five years and we'll be like, hey, what do we think of Jack Howarth? He's just re-signed a contract. He's played no NRL games, but they've just re-signed him to 800K uh, a year. You reckon it's finally breaking out? 32-year-old Jack Howarth comes in Still rookie. 220K. Still um, any Matty, any love Howarth? Is he in your team? Is he just a placeholder for now? Honestly, I will get a cheap second row forward at some stage. I've actually never owned Jack Howarth, so I feel like I'm missing out on all the hype. Um, I've just never really <laughs> seen him line up for like anything. Yeah, you'd have to be watching some reserve grade footy to see him play his, for sure. His prospects looked a lot better until about a week ago. Um, there was, yep. you know, a, a spot open, but it's weird because he is a center. Um, they, they they see him as a center, but for whatever reason, there's this two RF narrative going around. I think um, one of the assistant coaches mentioned like he was in the center group last year, and maybe something's changed over the preseason. But he is a center, and there is some spots that are open in the back line. But like he is just a he's a cult hero. Um, I'm trying to think of some other like really good cash cow cult heroes that never materialized. Um, or Chris, not not Chris Anderson. There was a guy from the Bulldogs um, that everyone had. Like he was always a great, a great enough. Um, but yeah, like he's no surprised that you were on them at the Bulldogs. <laughs> mate, if 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 you're if you've got Bul next to your name, there's a a high pri- a high probability that I've owned you at some point. Um, Joe Chan at 238k. Now he is. We talk about uh, Jack Howarth being like a wonder kid, but like Joe Chan, um, Storm fans eat him up. Apparently, he is he is the goods. Will take a little bit to to move out um, edges. One of them will be Elias Katoa. The other one will be probably not Trent Liero, who didn't grab his opportunity with two hands last year. Um, so it will, we expect it to be Sean Bloor, who we'll chat about after. Um, but the cheapie that's probably most likely to get a, a run, Sua Faalogo, 339k, centre wing fullback eligible. 
Now we saw him lighted up at times last year. Now we've also had some some movement in the back line. So there's a spot opened up and um, he's currently in my team, boys. Currently in, in my squad, which uh, should give you guys no confidence whatsoever. But um, looks looked really exciting to me last year. Funnily enough, he was in my first draft and I haven't actually taken him out. Maybe, maybe more so I was just going on last year and how good he was in that game that he played in round 27. But... Uh, now, yeah, with Justin Olam leaving, uh, you would naturally think that he is probably the first choice or one of um, a, a very small number of players that are running for that position. Uh, maybe Jack Howes, another one. Can't complain either way. You pick one of them, whoever gets named there in, in round one. Uh, is Far Logo in your team, Matty? Watch him just select Remus Smith. Just to oh, ruin it all that. 100%. Oh, Remus Smith's like, a lock. Exactly. That's a, but like, yeah. wait, speak of speak of super coach cheapies from from every year. I feel like Remus Smith always starts the year at like three hundred k. What is he? Yeah, but he's year? cheap because he's not he very is. good. He is three hundred ninety six k. He yeah. he does not move from that. He he will not have a price rise. He will not have a price fall. He is he should go to the Canberra Raiders because he, he would just fit in with being what you are mid. If you listened to the Insight NRL show last year, you would have heard a lot of slander about Remus Smith. I don't think I said a good word about that bloke for 27 rounds last year. I'm like, how does this guy keep getting picked every single week? He does fucking nothing. Um, so you can guarantee another 27 rounds of fucking nothing from Remus Smith. I don't, so I, let's hope he doesn't I'd cock still have us. a beer with you, Remus. I'd still have a beer with you, Remus, but I just I have bloke. to wait. And, yeah, I have to just wait until I see something in writing. For far long ago, before I um before I select him, and like yeah. right now, I just see them select the most boring players every year, and I probably don't see him get getting a run unless there's an injury. Really, I mean, look, the back line's got to be Coates, Warbrick on the wings, Meany, and probably fucking Remus Smith in the centres. Like it, it'll, be, it'll be it'll be Remus Smith, Marion Seve. Jack Howarth or also a far logo. And um, young Tonema Pia will come back at some point and he'll have a run. Does he not look like Try the Bunnings the guy on those minutes. TikToks? Does he not look like that Bunnings guy on the TikToks? Not at all. I'm not I sure where you've got that from. Since, since peak COVID. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, send it to you later, Josh. It's good viewing. It's not much. Uh, it's not much excitement. <laughs> apart, from, apart from far logo, there's not much excitement in that back line. And um, I don't know. <laughs> They, they ran with Seve last year. They ran with Remus Smith last year. The storm sucked. Um, so why don't we just try something else, please? For so coach's sake. we've mentioned big fallers, both of them potentially centers. Nick Meany, you're you're predicting to have a bit of a drop off. Um, Josh, I mean, look, this is a no brainer. Seven hundred k center wing fullback jewel, but sixty eight average in the centers. It, even if he was on the wing, okay. You know, I can potentially get around it because I actually preferred him on the wing as a goal kicker than I did um, when he was at fullback. But in the centres, no, thank you, not a chance. No, no. If I if I open up the app Australia Day and, and he is more than 0.1% ownership, I'm gonna rip my hair out because it's just like, well, what's going? No, on? it'd be good for us um, because that means that we're ahead of 0.1% of people on Supercoach. Marion Seve, yeah, Marion Seve. It's just like price of fifty-seven. I think he had a couple of games where he, had, he scored well. Like it's just a Dean Mariner syndrome for me. Um, it's just cool. Bit of um, whatever. Bit of Broncos slander thrown in there for for good measure, Maddie. Oh, that's that's all right. Well, I'm, I'm all aboard the uh, Jesse Arthur's hype train. 
hundred percent. Oh, we probably should. We probably should. We probably should talk about the the week that's happened in news. Uh, we we should recap that at the start of the episode. I reckon. Uh, if you've gotten this far, and you're putting up with this. Kevin Walters has confirmed that Cobo will play left center. Arthur's will play left wing, and that means Hall and Oates and uh, what's his face, the other one, Dean Mariner. They'll fight yeah. it out for the right wing. So riveting yeah. stuff in the NRL and- world. Yeah, uh, I mean, not really super coach. Well, for now, not super coach relevant anyway. But I mean, are you picking Cobo at centre? That's a conversation no for another channel. day. There's, yeah, no there's, there's way too much going on there at the moment. Uh, Ten points of value though for the obvious one. So we'll leave him last. Sean Bloor, you've you've got here four forty five k two RF forty three average. I'm I'm a big Sean Bloor fan. If he can stay healthy, from what we oh, saw in little snippets for the Tigers last year, I reckon he'll Tigers be really fans. good. You and I, are Tigers fans. And maybe I'm just salty because he's no longer a Tigers fan. But apart from him shaping up to Nathan Brown that one time, like that, and, that and is worth from, 50 the, average in Supercoach for me. Apart from the immense preseason fantasy and Supercoach hype, like sure, cool. Like it's I want him to stay fit because, like, yeah, cool. There's, there's huge raps on him, but like I don't know. I feel like this Tarek Sims all over again. I remember when Tarek Sims signed last year and he was priced yeah. at a 40, and everyone's like, oh my god, Craig Bellamy's going to make him a superstar. And now he's at the Catalan Dragons. Hmm. Probably making more money. Good luck to him. 100%. Um, <laughs> can Maddie? I say, like, if Sean Bloor is priced at a 43 and Trent Loyero, uh, what did he get? What did he score, like, 50 last year? Yeah. Um, surely Sean Bloor has 10 points. I would take I would take Sean Bloor over over uh, Trent Loyero, to, to be fair. Yeah. Um, look, if Sean Bloor averages 55, then, yeah, cool. But the problem is, like, him averaging 55 in a class stacked with uh, Kikau, uh, Fermor, Sua Wong, Curran, Sean Lane. It's just like, yeah, there might be. Pierre this is, I guess, a, yeah, a Jaden Campbell. Yeah, Pierre A Jaden Campbell point. Yes, he has some value, but is he better than the, 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 the options presented? Um, yeah. Let's let's touch on Pappy because I can go either way. Shout out to Savs from the Supercoach Experience. Uh, he made a good point. Like, he's not he's not priced at what he averaged last year. Like if, if everything was true, he's priced at like 40 and he's a hundred percent owned, but he's priced yep. at a 64 off the back of a shattered kneecap where I captained him. Um, I remember that. <laughs> and then, and then um, just getting absolutely obliterated last year when he came back as well. Obviously we know Pappy, like he averaged what 109 during COVID years. And then he's great can average 85, but it's like two major injuries for a fullback that's speed reliance and the draw it's putrid. It's like it's not. And the, it's not like it's not the value that we thought we were going to have. It's not like there's thirty points of value sitting there for us. The, and and also, does he goal kick? You know, because that's relevant yeah, as to whether you're going to pick him or not. You have got Nick Meany, who's relative, very healthy, uh, and kicks okay. And then you've got a guy coming off a shattered kneecap and a busted Achilles or whatever it is, or ankle or, or whatever it is that he's got going on at the moment. So, like, Do you want to know? Yeah, like, if we, if we look at this. Penrith New Zealand Knights buy won't have a price drop until round five. Then plays the Broncos, has one good game against the Bulldogs where he could score three thousand. Then plays the Roosters and the and the Rabbitohs. We might be p- looking at you know um, Pappy. What is it? Round one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Round eight. Sub five hundred k Pappy. Yeah, that's when I'd look at him when when they played the, the the Titans up in Queensland, and then from there it gets better. It's got the Sharks, the Eels, Manly. Like that's when I'm looking at Pappy. I'm probably not looking at him round one. Not you know the fact that you, you're most likely going to have Harry Grant, and you're going to have to play Danny Levi, Jaden Braley, Brendan Hands, 
insert mediocre hooker. Like, you're going to have to play one of them in round four. Do you then want to have to play your, what would it then be, your 19th man? Because you're going to have Pappy and Grant out. Then you have to have a reserve for Grant. And then you're playing your 19th man. And, like, our squads aren't strong enough in round four to be having 19 quality players. You're sitting there looking at, like, a, a Fletcher Baker who's underwhelmed you and playing 30 minutes a game. You're like, well... Looks like we're forced to play you, or we're looking at uh, a Chevy Stewart who's put up 13, 26, and a 9. And we're like, oh, wow, well, this is what it yeah. is. Yeah, you're copping a 7 that week. Pappenhausen, Matty, thoughts? Fade? Yeah, like, of course the knee-jerk reaction is let's add Pappy. He's back. He's healthy, apparently. Um, but I look tracking at his well. journey last year. Yeah, <laughs> tracking, yeah well. tracking well. <laughs> Trapping well. Um, <laughs> he could absolutely be a trap. And I expect him to be highly owned week one. Not everybody is as into super coach as us. Um, but yeah, looking at the draw, he very quickly found his way out of my team. Ooh, ooh, so. Good point, Matrix. Uh, we'll look, we're going to play overs unders at the end of this episode with averages for the season. But I want to fire a quick one out at you, boys. Ryan Pappenhausen, Australia Day when the app opens, over under 30% ownership. <sighs> over. I'm smashing the overs. I'm putting. I'm remortgaging my house and putting on the overs. It has to be, I think, purely because you're comparing him to all of the other premium options last year. And the only thing that we can think of about Pappy is how good he was two years ago. And um, it's like that Tommy Turbo syndrome from last year where, you know, Tommy Turbo was 650K or 550K or something crazy last year. And everyone started with him, as you should, with Tommy Turbo being underpriced by half of his value. But... It's the same thing again. I guarantee you, Tommy Turbo was, I think, 35% owned or something at the start of last season, and you'll see the same thing with Pappy. Yeah, I agree. I, um, yeah, I'm just like, if Pappy was like priced at like 490, 500, then we're not having this conversation. I'm happy to cop the shit three weeks and the buy because yeah. it's it's Jaden Campbell territory. Like, would you have rather have Jaden Campbell or Ryan Pappenhausen, obviously? Um, but it's, yeah, it's the fact that we're playing uh, from memory. The, Pen- the Penrith Panthers were the best defensive side from Supercoach point of view. Uh, the Broncos were second best. The Knights were fifth best. And the Warriors were fourth best. And it's just like you're playing four of the top five teams in terms of defense last year. And you were the fourth best. So you're playing literally the only four options that could be there or thereabouts. I'm just looking at round seven. I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm looking at round eight um, when Turbo eventually goes down and we just move to Pappy. Makes sense. Makes sense to us. Um, let's move. We've got one more team to cover, boys. But before we do, we'll give a throw out to Bonus Bank. They're Australia's number one matched betting site. You can go to bonusbank.com.au, use the code INSIGHT to get 25% off your first month of their premium subscription, and you can start making tax-free and risk-free money today. Let's talk about the Cronulla Sharks. Um, they've got a bit of a tough first round against the Warriors. Um, they're away in New Zealand round one, so they've, they've got the road trip across the ditch for round one, but then they've got three really nice matchups coming into their buy in round five, then 16 and 20 of the other buyers. Maddie, new arrivals, ins and outs. Let's go through them for the Sharks. Yeah, look, the new arrivals are Billy Burns from the Dragons, who's impressed in his minutes that he's got. Uh, Michael Gabriel from the Bulldogs. Um, the outs, of course, Wade Graham retired. Uh, Tuka Tapua was released. Um, Ikevalu well uh, has gone well to Catalan. I thought you were going to butcher that. I would oh, have butchered that. Means, Especially Maddie's means, probably means a lot. Done well. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Means a lot. Shout out to the standard I was squeeze. Just, um, I, was, I was more trying to give you a chance to plug the standard squeeze again, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Matty Moylan's going to Lee Leopards after uh, his turbulent year last year and Connor Tracy to the Bulldogs. And, um, yeah, the Sharks, they're healthy at the moment. It's handy for them. Handy for Nico Hines. Good, uh, nice positive to have his full squad around him to start the season. There was the question mark last year around Nico Hines' health and then he missed three rounds to start the season. So it's nice to see we don't have to worry about whether he's going to be in our teams. Uh, I'm sure we're probably – actually, no, we're not talking about him. That's interesting. Actually, that's probably good because it's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll throw him in there. Um, So no injuries, no suspensions, which is great, but the cheapy prospect, we can't not let Josh talk about this one, can we? Very hot. I got, I got the oh, air con. I'll be, on, uh, I'll be back in 10. I got the, <laughs> I got the air con on 10 degrees because I'm very, very hot. Uh, hot for, for Kyle Eero. Um, I think we discussed him pretty much at length uh, in our team reveal. We're all three of us of the opinion that Talakai is best suited to be back in the middle. You know, you've lost Wade Graham, um, who has some impact on the edge as well there. Like Billy Burns is Billy Burns. He's not Sipper Talakai 10 minutes either side of halftime. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just think I just think Eero is a stud. He just is. I'm huge on him. Uh, in my Twitter bio, I believe uh, I've changed it. It now says leader of the Kyle Eero cult club. Um, so mm-hmm. we're taking new recruits you know, by the day. Um, but he's a he's a guy I'm really keen on. Um, you know, on that hopefully on that left hand side, uh, Nico feeding you. And um, yeah, I don't know really nice. what else I can say. Yeah, there about, isn't about really anything else to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. Uh, 219k may as well be basement price too. Go check out my my uh, my Twitter at SE Whisperer and my pinned tweet. Uh, very good KL Eero meme um, that just sums up how I'm feeling right now. So uh, yeah, the, the less the better. But let's talk about the big fours because we have uh, uh, the one and only SC Matrix's own in his team reveal, Siva uh, Talakai, priced at uh, a 58, 560k. I think this just goes hand in hand with the last point, doesn't it? Like if he's if he's starting, he's probably at value. If he's on the bench coming off in the, through the middle, he's, you know, underpriced. Uh, wait for, for Matty to – he's got his headphones in. Matty, we were just talking about um, your center wing uh, prospect back in uh, mid-December of uh, Sifat He's yeah, gone from being and, owned and you to overpriced. Yeah, and you talked me out of it a bit. Um, to be completely honest, you said let's do podcasts in mid-December, and I was like, "Oh shit, I better check." <laughs> I had nothing else to talk about. You boys were stacked up with with sports. I was like, "I need, I need to get the itch." <laughs> I was still talking about Gary Brown, but uh, he doesn't have an average fifty-eight. But look, yeah, I was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna have a five hundred sixty k guy." Oh, let's quickly do something. Dom Young and Talakai, and the and the more you think about it, the more you think. Um, there's not that pathway for Talakai to have this elite run. Like, I don't think he'll be picked for Origin again this year. I don't think oh, he's no. going to have – yeah, like, he's not going to have that ripper year that that he he's had. He's not going to have a little bit have Morgan Harper defending him? <laughs> yeah, well, look, <laughs> probably never again, can I say. <laughs> Only oh. in Morgan Harper's nightmares. <laughs> I know that you boys obviously reminisce about Hudson Young, but, like, I find I sometimes find myself thinking back to Sivitalikai scoring 148 points in one half and then finishing mm-hmm. like 151. Yep. My I brother was not an owner of that, that day. My brother kept that day. Can you imagine owning Talakai and like you're at the pub and you're like, oh fuck, Talakai's on 150. We're on here. And then you check back in 40 minutes later, he's still on 150. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what he can Get do. I mean, look, such an explosive. Such an ex- 
such an explosive player. He's such a fucking good player. But it's just that there's defensive deficiencies that are very clear, aren't they? That they just targeted his edge um, all night. So uh, I think they're going to want to fix that. Um, obviously, Moylan defensively next to him was also a problem. So you had a gaping hole in the middle of the field for Cronulla pretty much all year. Um, but yeah, off the bench, it's just a definitely a no. But Britton Nicker is an interesting one. We're actually, uh, Josh and I hopped in the studio a little bit before Maddie, and we had a chance to chat about this one before Maddie hopped on. So I wouldn't mind you talking us through your thoughts on the regression on Nicker this year, Maddie. I don't think I can see a massive regression. Like you've got to, you, you, the boys had five points of regression there in it, but I think for 710, I can't like, can I be honest? The Sharks were a boring team to look at. Like not much has changed. Um, And then you just go Nicker up 710K, yuck. If you see him at 640K in six weeks, are you surprised? Probably not. Um, Do you own him at, you know, if he, goes to 660k after he just starts to look like he's got an amazing connection with Nico again, then yes, you do get on it. I just can't see Nicker going 70 again. I think he's a typical at value. He's not undervalued. He's not overvalued. He is at value. Uh, I think I I said this to you, Braino, before. I wouldn't be surprised after 10 rounds if uh, Nico is averaging 50, but then finishes the season averaging 70. Like he just... He goes and he runs, and his runs are sustained. He's, but he's also very good at, like, very very attacking. So, um, those big games will come. But yeah, I'm just put off by the seven in front of his price. Like, if he was six eighty, I'm like, yeah, you know, cool. It's but it's nineteen nineteen ninety five is so much cheaper than twenty dollars. That's that's that effect for Britain Nicker. I think with the seven in front of him, hundred percent. And, and um, you know, when we look same. at so yeah. when we when we look at his PPM, it was up at least 0.1 of last year. And also his game scored above 60%, but went massive. Um, so I feel like maybe I'm, I'm on board with the the narrative that Maddie's gone with purely because I think like when we look at his stats, it was a massive outlier season. Like, can he improve that much that aggressively and then maintain it? Maybe there is a little bit of a fallback. I also said that that he's a guy that could average 50 after 10 weeks and then average 70 at the year gone, at the conclusion of the year. Um, this season could be the opposite. Obviously, we saw how good the draw is to start. Could be, yeah. He could be a Jermaine Asako from your team, Brano. Like, he could be a guy yeah. that you buy, and he's averaging 85 for the first 10 weeks, and then you're like, cool, now the, now's the chance to, to to sell, to cash out. So yeah. um, that could be the same with with uh, someone like Ronaldo Molotalo, who's priced at, I think, a 61, and he's like 630K as well. So um, he's a guy that if you want to target, then go for it. It's a case of like, well, how does Hines and Trindle work together? I think let's let's talk about that because Braden Trindle priced at 440k, uh, 43 average. Now, Matrix, you do these notes for the Sharkies. You've got him a bit of 10 points of improvement. I'd love to hear um, why. I do. He impressed me last year, and I hated him honestly. Like I ragged him out something chronic, but. He impressed me with what he did. Um, he impressed me a bit more with Nico out, but they put their faith in him. I do just think in a full season, we can see 10 points of improvement. Again, a bit more of a draft player. Are you going to spend 400K for a bloke like this? Look, probably not. Did I struggle to find anybody with upside that wasn't just going to give you as advertised prices on the Sharks? Yeah, that was probably a little bit more of the case because 
the really nothing's changed for these guys, really, apart from your retirement of Wade Graham. And it felt like they were trying to fit him in at times when he didn't really fit in there. Um, the same with Matt Moylan. They just drew a line through him at, at a certain point. He was basically a member of the um, the coaching staff. Um, these guys are stacked, but I think we're seeing everybody in the same roles they were at, except for Braden Trindle, which has the opportunity to have 10 points extra. And so, Josh, you were talking about does it – potentially affect Nico by yeah. having Trindle on the field? Yes and no. I mean, so Trindle played 80 minutes four times last year. He scored a 21 in 80 minutes, which is, you know, you love to see that. Um, he also scored a 18 in 80 minutes. You love to see that. Um, but he also scored a 75 and he also scored a 65 as well. And that 65 was against Melbourne. Um, so he's done it against the tough teams. It's a, As you can see, I think it's very much up and down for Trindle. When it comes to Hines, it's it's a tough one. Um, as you boys know, I'm a somewhat avid NRL fantasy player where kick meters are a big factor over there. And there is chat about Hines losing kick meters. We don't have to worry about that in Supercoach. Um, I think Hines is still going to eat. It's Nico Hines. Um, I think Braden Trindle falls into the Kieran Four and Manly category of there's just too many good players around him to get the touches and, and to be him. Um uh, if, if if Heinz's draw wasn't as good as what it was, we could be having this discussion of being like, well, do we fade Heinz? Um, but it's just too good for me to pass up. Yeah, probably is maybe five points overpriced, but that's still a 90 average. So it's just like, cool. I think like Heinz, Heinz, is the guy, have... yeah, Heinz is the guy that you're not, ta- you're not trading out unless he just sucks or yeah. gets injured. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, you're starting with either him or Cleary. You just need to make your decision on who you're starting with. And you made a good point, Josh, on the last pod or maybe the pod before around the Vegas trip and and everything going on there Um, and him playing, I think, pretty close to the round one or round two. Is that right? I think uh, seven days beforehand, they're over in England uh, playing the World Club Challenge. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, does it affect him? Maybe, maybe not. But... You can't really go wrong with either. You're just probably going to have to pick. I haven't seen too many teams or too many drafts with both. Is it possible? Have you toyed around with it? Oh, if you open up at SC Whisperer and uh, you might see both of them in there with Dylan Brown and Harry Grant. And and Turbo and Ponga. And a lot of Kale Eero. A lot of Kale Eero. How many times can you pick Kale Eero in your team? Oh, mate. Uh, uh, Yeah, if I could. Sweet. Um... (laughs) Some some raging success last week was our overs, overs and unders. We did it very much on the fly. This week, we've mm-hmm. been a little bit more structured. We've gone two players from each team that we've talked about today. And I've been the one that sets the lines for these ones this week, boys. So have it I be the quiz master, and I'll post it to you, boys. Go for it. Last year, Joey Tarpany averaged 64.2. We've got uh, Josh Papali'i, no, getting younger. Elliot Whitehead, no, not getting any younger. Morgan Smith is not being good. Joey Tarpany, 66.5, uh, two-point improvement. Overs, unders. Oh, unders. Oh, we've unders got overs for, for Matrix. For, for the audio yeah. listeners, we've got Matrix with a thumbs up, so overs for him. Under. So it looks like I've I've split a I've split the, the crowd with a decent line. So his I've had to, I've had season to, I had to. Yeah, you go. No, I was just going to say his breakout season, the best season he's ever had, was in twenty twenty two. He averaged sixty six. So are we saying that he's going to have the best season he's ever had? Um, Could do, this but season. you know, if it's with by any, two with, points, it doesn't any really other set coach, the world on fire. With any other coach, yes. With Ricky Stewart, yeah. could average 41. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to talk about the Raiders and Supercoach projections without talking about Hudson Young. 
Last year, averaged 56.8. You boys have a hard-on for him. So I've set the line this year at 59.5. Overs. <laughs> Come on, overs. Of course it is. Was there any other option? Was it any other way? Any other way? Forever um, young. The man that we spoke about with 10 points of value, um, Jaden Campbell, last year averaged 44.7. I think I may have overshot this line based off your stat of him starting last year, but I've got him at 55.5. Uh, Brain, I think you've already made your decision up based off your stat, but uh, yeah, 55.5, Jaden Campbell. Yeah, and it's that 50 it's a, no, average it's, at, at fullback. It, it's a full year at fullback. He'll find his feet. Ooh, Look, spicy. he's got the talent. He's got the he talent, does. But I'm, I'm still f- saying unders. You said he'll find his feet. Will he find his way into Matrix's team at one stage? I think he might if he impresses me in the first couple of weeks that he plays. I won't own him round one. There, there you go. With Especially with that by round two, I don't let's, need to. Let's say KO Weeks goes full Isaiah Katoa and plods along with a 22 average in the first couple of rounds and Campbell's killing it. Are you spending up a couple of hundred K to get the cash from Campbell at 5.8? Yep. Where are you taking it from? Though? It's 200 K. It's a lot of cash. It's not just like 80 K mm-hmm. you got sitting in the bank. Yeah, it's another conversation we'll have about how much cash to have in the bank after a round well, with your starting team. To, but yeah, no, the way Ponga to Pappy. Oh, that's hot. The way that the way that stats work and probability works, not every one of these mid-range choices is going to boom. So maybe you do drop down and maybe people are surprised about who lines up on the edge for the Dragons and we'll touch on that in the Dragons podcast. But there may be a 270K option that may be lining up. Um, the next player, the next player in these our overs and unders, it's both firm or now... Last year averaged nothing, obviously. But in 2022, averaged 65, and the two years before that averaged 48 and 46. So I had a breakout year in 2022, coming off the back of his major injury. 57.5. Overs, unders, Bo Fermel. Oh, thumbs down from the Matrix, and Brano's in the tank. Yeah, I... No, I'm going to say... Uh, actually, no, I'm going to say uh, overs. I'm going to say overs. I reckon overs. 57... That, that's actually a really good line from you. Do you work for a sports bet or something? Um, I, I think he's going to go close to 60. I reckon you've probably got it within a point. I'd, I'd say he was not averaging more than 60, but I reckon he'll average high 50s. All right, well, this one is the biggest discrepancy between last year's average and this year's average. And it's Ryan Pappenhausen. Average 44.5 last year, but obviously it's got a massive asterisk next to it. Off the back of multiple injuries, uh, but with the ceiling he has, 72.5 for the season for Ryan Pappenhausen. You know what? Over the whole season, yes, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him average 35 through the first four or five weeks. We'd love that. Based off our trade plans in round eight, we'd love that. Yeah, Rano? For sure. Uh, look, you have to take the overs, don't you? It, he's just such an exciting player when he's fit. And let's just hope that he's fit for the season. You know, if we see another injury, I swear we're going to be talking. We're going to be having different conversations about Pappy, unfortunately. But I'm going to assume he's fit, so I'll take the overs. New Tigers recruit Sean Blore averaged fifty. Uh, sorry, averaged forty three point seven last year, fifty six point oh in this storm side. Remember, Trent Liera averaged mid fifties, and we both, or all three of us, agree that Sean Blore is a better football player. So fifty six point oh for Sean Blore. Unders. Let's overs. Unders. Let's do it. So so far we've we've gone through six we've gone through six players. I've split you both on every one of them apart from Hudson Young, which I could have set the line at hundred, and I reckon you both would have taken overs. <laughs> overs. And Ryan sure. Pappenhausen, which was a very very tough line to set. 
Um, we've got four more. We've got Nico Hines, average of ninety five point oh last year. Slight, slight fall, ninety three point oh. Nico Hines. Yep. Oh, you're going to split us again. I'm going to go unders. Overs and unders. Are you more at that yep. ninety points? You know, losing five points or so to, yeah, to Trindle. I think. I think so. I'm like not. Just remember, like, the, how many players have averaged a hundred plus in Supercoach? Yep. Turbo and whoever else it was in in twenty twenty one. Teddy got close. Uh, yeah. Cleary's been there. Pappenhausen as well. But that's the thing. Yeah. Like you're paying eye-watering amounts of money for for Nico Hines. You're not paying and being like, oh, Nico Hines, what a cash cow. Like you just, you're, you're paying the premium for, for no trades to be spent. Yeah. And also, are we we need to say that the Sharks are going to be better. That's yes. that's the caveat with this. And we keep seeing them play some really good stretches of football but they're flat track bullies. So are they going to start to step up against better teams? That's the question. And if they start to play some better footy, sure, Nico could average 100. He's good enough. But I just don't see any change or enough change to see them improving that much. Do you know, All right. do you you know Nico Hines is older than Nathan Cleary? Yeah, Nico Hines is like nearly pushing 30. He's like 28 or something. He's 20. He's 27, Late bloomer. but sure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, but yeah, he's because he was playing a lot for the yeah. Falcons, and like obviously he got his crack because Pappy went down, uh, and Munster was out at the time as well during COVID. So, um, the man with about three teeth in his mouth, Cam McInnes, averaged fifty-eight point seven last year. Dalfinucan not getting any younger. Um, you know, Wade Graham moving on a little bit there or thereabouts. Matrix is pre-pumped, it ready to go. Sixty-one point five. Let's do. It. Let's do it. Overs. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the overs too, and and I think there's a narrative potentially that Dale yeah. Finucane drops to the bench and McInnes gets the starting thirteen, yeah, not I'm, to start I'm the season, the but I feel narrative. like maybe I'm going to say over. Okay, let me ask you two: over under McInnes to start in the thirteen, round ten. Overs. Overs. So yeah. you reckon it's going to take longer than round ten or less? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like will he be starting? Um. Yeah, will it be starting by round ten, or will it yeah, be yes. before or yeah. after round ten? Oh no, it'll be before yeah. round ten, absolutely. Yeah, um, sure. I wouldn't be surprised to see it like round five or six. If I had yeah. to put a price on McKinnis starting at by round ten, dollar forty-five, dollar forty. Ooh, I'm, I'm, so what's yeah, the line? I'm all, I'm all seven and a half. <laughs> Must be seven and a half, I reckon. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably, probably around seven. I reckon we see him start. But my favorite Cam McKinnis memory, boys. Last year, I owned him because I needed some hooker cover. And um, as we know, I had uh, Jake Granville there kicking there or thereabouts who did a serviceable job. But I owned Cam McInnes for his very, very boring 95-point game. I don't think I've seen a more boring 100-point game before when he just made 4,000 tackles. 100 points, 100 tackles. Thanks for coming. Would he set well, a record like, in tackles he, or go close to it? He has yeah, 80 tackles, right? Yeah. Remember remember in round two, Reese Walsh was on 10 points at the 70th minute. And then finished on like 110. That was a, a beautiful 10 minutes of footy if you went Reese Walsh. If you went Cam McInnes for his record breaking game, like I did, it was just you'd press F5 on the SC Live website and it's just <laughs> up one point, up one point, up one point. No, no deviation. It's just a very, very smooth graph. Very boring, but you'll take that. Oh, sure. The guy you, that you're not um, expecting any attacking stats from him. Is he's I'll my take draft 60 tackles go. a week? He's my draft go. Like, hey, you Maddie, just have to take him. You know what sorry. you get. Uh, Maddie, who can you remind me who who won dra- uh, inside draft league last year? Don't bring this up. I'm so off you. <laughs> just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Must have been me. Anyway, I'm so next one. You. Well, yeah, we've got uh, we've got two more here. I think this may be a, a matrix. Have you put these two in? Because I definitely haven't put. Yeah, these yeah, two yeah. In. 
I did. All right. Well, I wanted I to hear what... you talk about Blake Braley a little more. Oh, I'm so hot. Can for I, Blake I'll do this. I've got Blake Braley in here, guys, at a 56.9. Now, I just, um, I just want to see what you all thought. think. Um, are we going unders or overs on 56.9 in the boring hooker position? I'm, I'm very hot for Blake Braley. Maybe I'm the only one, but like, if we filter by average last year, he was fourth. We all know my stance on JMK. I wouldn't be surprised to see Blake Braley push he, 60. He will be the third best hooker this season. Behind JMK. Behind JMK and Grant. Blake Braley Ooh, third. 59 Cook, average. Cook falling, Cook falling out that much? Yep. Wow. That's hot. Yeah. That's a, that's a spicy one. Jeez. Cook average 65.0 last year. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. 65.0. Uh, JMK averaged 62.9 and Braley averaged 56.8. So you're saying that there's a nine point gap from last year from Cook to Braley. And what you reckon Cook falls four and a half and Braley rises four and a half? Yep. Oh, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Blake Braley is going to be five, 10 points better than Cook. I'm saying that I think that he nudges out Cook as the third best hooker. I don't hate it because I'm very hot for Blake Braley. Like, I, I'm generally being like, Man, Grant's draw sucks. He's got the buy early with Origin. I am looking at Blake Braley, but I also don't want to have so Kyle Eero, Nico Hines, um, and Blake Braley. Because, yeah, like Grant's got the round four buy, but then Braley also got the round five buy. It's just Braley has a better draw. Yeah, the only negative to Blake Braley is the fact that his job is to get the ball to Nico Hines. So he's yes. a little bit capped, isn't he? Um, can off the ground, run, though. So, can, can run, yeah. which is obviously nice. Yeah, we, we do like 80-minute running hooker, which is like much better than like Reese Robson, who is very much just a tackle man, a body. Yep. Um, so, yes, we're Next both one, overs. Maddie. And then the last one, Matty. Um, Mulatalo, 58.5. All right. So I had a very good stat on this last year. Um with Wade Graham out of the team, this was last, like at the preseason last year. With Wade Graham out of the team, Mulatalo averaged 72. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. And Talakai's average was massive as well with Teague Wilton in the team and Wade Graham out from memory. I'm um, going to take the overs. Does, I'd love to know the stat when Trindle was in the team, what Mulatalo averaged versus when Trindle wasn't, because that's on oh, Trindle's side technically. I know Hines goes both ways, goes both sides, but. Bit of a I'd love to know if anyone knows. I was going to say, I'm sure plenty of uh, non-straight men would love Nico to go both ways as well, just just quietly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd go there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take overs on Mortala 58.5 over the course of the season. Yeah, I might just trickle on the unders because he hurt. I will, I will give the me. listeners. I will give the listeners a tip though. Uh, if you're planning on owning Ronaldo Mortala, don't own Sione Katoa and vice versa because. One of them will score 100 and the other will score 50 and you can't pick and which yeah, one. Which, whichever one you get, we'll get 15. It's a, it's a, do you remember, it's do you remember last, just before we, before we finish off, last year, I remember Sione Cattell was like a hot property and everyone bought him and he went like 15, 15, 20 and everyone sold him yeah. because Ronaldo was killing it. And then Ronaldo went 15, 15, 20 and got like Sinbind and then Katawa scored like 180. <laughs> Imagine if you shifted between the two and just copped the 15s all the time and the other oh, one went off. Yeah. Oh, I'd lose my mind. Um, and, and also the downside for Katoa, and always the downside for Katoa is Jesse Ramian inside him. Uh, has, has thrown about three passes in his career. So, um, yeah, that's it. I had I had Ramian last year at some point from memory for a couple of weeks. That was fun. Um, 
But we've we've talked enough about uh, he, he, sharks. He centers. always makes his way. It's like it's like round nineteen, round twenty. SC interest has fallen out the window, and everyone's like, "Fuck, I need a pod. I need a pod." Oh shit, Jesse yeah. Raymond's averaging sixty-two. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes to proceed to average thirty-three point five in your team for the next four weeks. Tony Stags, yeah. another one. Tony Stags is another one. Yes, absolutely. But uh, we could sit here and chat all night about how much we're being let down by Supercoach, but we won't. But that'll, that'll do. We've done four teams. We're, we've covered all of those. We'll talk value. We've talked overs and unders at the end, which was fun. We'll continue to do that. Um, and for everybody, obviously, if you made it to the end, first of all, thanks for watching. Secondly, if you haven't hit subscribe, please do like the episode so we can get it out to more people. Give us a follow on audio if you're an audio podcast person. And we've got some exciting things coming up soon. We're also we're going to be talking a little bit more uh, Supercoach draft this year as well. So we're working currently in the background on our rankings and, and doing a bit of a big board. Um, so we've got some cool things coming from a draft perspective this year as well. So stay tuned for that. Jump in the Discord. The link's in the description as well. Got some pl- uh, pretty cool stuff happening in there too. But that'll do us, gents. Thanks as always. It's been fun talking super coach. We will see you next time in about a week for the next four teams. Until then, been listening to the Insight NRL show. Catch you later. Cheerio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 